0: you're listening to guys on the sideline podcast where you'll hear opinions predictions and sports takes in every direction if you're a die-hard sports fan this is the place to be they've never played they have no experience but they have plenty to say and now here are the guys on the sideline Hey, everybody, welcome on in to Guys on the Sideline, the podcast. This is episode 79 of the fastest growing sports podcast in and around Buffalo, Fort Erie, Orchard Park, Niagara Falls, and a lot more fabulous locations in the great upstate New York. This is your host. The nearly famous Jeff Burton here. Welcome on in to the podcast. And I am super excited today, like seriously excited, to welcome in a very special guest, John Boccasino. Hey, John, welcome. Jeff, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for making the time for us today. Now, by way of introduction, uh, I know a few things about you, John, and I'll let you fill in the uh, the blanks, but John is a Buffalo Bills season ticket holder and he hosts the popular podcast, Buffalo Rumblings. Now, John, I was telling you a little bit about our podcast a minute ago, but this is a podcast of guys on the sideline and we are real crazed sports fans. We're passionate. We get a little bit nutty uh, and that's kind of the point of the podcast. But I'm super excited to have you on the podcast because You are, as I mentioned, a huge Bills fan, and and we're hoping that you can kind of set the scene for us of what things are like up in upstate New York.
1: Yeah, Jeff, I've had season tickets for, this is my 14th year, uh, with the caveat that didn't get to go to any of the, uh, the preseason games were canceled, the regular season games. They did not allow fans into the stadium for any of them, and you know, none of us were complaining because COVID has been awful. It's robbed us of, I mean, literal lives that we've lost of our friends and family. It's cost us our sanity. And so it was nice to have the Buffalo Bills to get to watch the games from afar because this is a team that has been building the right way under head coach Sean McDermott and general manager Brandon Bean. They both came in together. They have overhauled a more bound roster that was depleted of talent uh, and, and it, we, there were some lumps along the way, but they've been kind of building for this since they both took over their roles in Buffalo. And so getting to watch this young team kind of gel and they've made the playoffs two of the last three years leading up to this year, but there was a widespread feeling that the bills were onto something and that this was going to be a potential for a special year. So the schedule came out and there were so many great teams on the home docket, the, the Rams, the Seahawks, the chiefs, uh, the Titans, uh, in addition to, of course, the AFC East teams out there. And none of us got to go to any of the games. So it was it was almost like that thing where, you know, we're all doing things through Zoom. We're doing this through Teams. We've grown to become accustomed to remote everything. And so you'd have these remote watch parties with your friends and and get psyched up for the Bills games. Well, I'm proud to say that I was one of the uh, the the state worked with the Bills to allow 6,700 fans which is roughly eight to ten percent of the stadium capacity uh, into the stadium for the wild card game with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I was lucky enough to get uh, two tickets to that game, and Jeff, it was such a relief and such a sense of normalcy during this most abnormal of past years to get to watch the simplest of joys—a pro football game unfold in front of you. It was really the first step in what can hopefully be getting New York State back open. Well, I I love that, and
0: I want to hear more about the the game, the atmosphere. So we'll get into that in a minute. But I got to tell you, man, that game made me nervous because oh. I you know <laughs> I wanted the Bills from the beginning, and I, and I don't mind the Colts. You know, their their head coach, a former Bill, obviously. You know, uh, uh, it was an entertaining game, but my coming down the stretch, I thought, no, Indianapolis cannot go down and score, and thankfully the Bills held off. But but my, I bet you were nervous as well.
1: Yeah, you know, it's 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 funny, Jeff. Um, we Bills fans are conditioned to the worst case scenario happening. And that's the mentality <laughs> you take when your team, you know, the, for, for fans that aren't aware, the Bills had a NFL record 17 season consecutive playoff drought uh, matched only by the Cleveland Browns who got back in the postseason uh, this year and who were felled by the Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round. So, Bills fans are used to the worst case scenario happening. They're used to whatever could possibly go wrong, Murphy's Law will go right. wrong. And 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 so, and I was actually, I was worried about the Colts matchup because Jonathan Taylor had been a beast. Uh, they were running the ball really well with him and Naheem Hines. Uh Philip Rivers didn't scare me that much with his, you know, ancient arm out there. But, you know, the the Bills blew a lead, uh you know, they were they were threatening to have a massive comeback. I like to give Frank Reich a major assist because he basically uh, showed Buffalo how much he loves that team with the points he left on the field. They eschewed a field goal uh, where they could have gone for the kick to get the three points. Instead, they went for it on fourth and goal and they missed a pass. The guy was wide open. It should have been a touchdown and uh Phillip rivers overthrew Michael Pittman. Uh, their kicker did a double doink off of the uprights. It kept three points off the board. And the Colts also did one of those inexcusable jump off sides on a fourth and short uh, when the, the team has no intention of snapping the ball. So Frank gets an assist for his mismanagement of that game to get the bills to advance. But up until Micah Hyde volleyball spiked the ball uh, down on that last second Hail Mary attempt, all of us in that stadium, 6,700 people, were holding our collective breath. And all of a sudden it was like, <gasps> <sighs> thank goodness they won and they can advance. Oh, I, I love it. And I, I'm I'm thinking a, a couple thoughts here.
0: Um, one, is this the team of destiny? And we're going to get into that because it's well documented on this podcast. We believe that this is... You know uh, America's team, and then secondly, I love to hear your your comments about Frank Reich giving you an assist. This is a podcast that loves to to think about conspiracies and inside jobs and things like that. <laughs> so pretty much, we talk about the New England Patriots every other week, right? But um, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> And, and one other thing uh, in terms of introduction, and then we'll get started with our list that I prepared for the podcast today. But I also know this about you, John. We, we met, I think it was a year and a half ago at a conference in Orlando. You actually taught a very fascinating course on on podcasting. You and I both work for respective universities. And uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, a, a lot of the guys on the sideline and the things that we do here are credit to the man that
1: I have the privilege of interviewing today. So thank you for that, John. You know, it's if I could bring your docid tones of your voice uh to the rest of the web uh through your podcasting measures with guys on the sideline, you're more than welcome, universe, for giving you the the gift of what you guys have with your gab on sports talk here. And uh and like Jeff said, I do uh, I actually do two podcasts on a basically weekly basis where I do uh the one with Buffalo Rumblings is called Believe. Uh it's a kind of play on, you know, the word believe, B-I-L-L-I-E-V-E. Very clever marketing came up with with that one. Go check it out, audience. Go check it out now. No doubt the Bill Eve podcast, part of the Buffalo Rumblings. We have nine podcasts under the Buffalo Rumblings umbrella. So, I mean, it's podcast overload, but there's so much to talk about now. And I'm blessed to get to do one for my alma mater, my full-time employment, Syracuse University called the Cuse Conversations, where Jeff worlds collided my next to last guest that i posted for the next to most recent podcast was john murphy who is the radio play-by-play voice of the buffalo bills and a proud alum oh i love that very cool yeah very cool and and john thank you
0: again for helping us learn what we needed to learn to to get up and and online and to, you know to, to have a presence here so one of the things john that uh that i think is true so correct me if i'm wrong but you graduated from Syracuse University, and if I'm not mistaken, you graduated the same year that Carmelo Anthony was leading the Orange to the national
1: title. Is that right? I did. 2003 was my undergraduate degree. It was one of the the best years in the history of the earth, uh, with Syracuse and Jim Beheim finally getting that coveted first title after coming up short in 87 and 96, and uh, was down in the Superdome in New Orleans, uh, lost my voice both nights uh, for the Final Four and the championship game. We had tickets uh, to the game, which Syracuse rewarded fans who – We went to the first two rounds in Boston, and if you bought tickets to the first two rounds, you were given first crack at the tickets for then the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight and the Final Four and the title game. And I'll tell you, Jeff, we drove – we were poor college kids. We couldn't afford airfare, so we hopped in my buddy's Jeep, drove 23 hours out of an ice storm in central New York down to the warm temperatures in New Orleans for the Final Four. Oh, that was such a sweet memory. (laughs) That is awesome. And
0: and ladies and gentlemen, you're just getting a taste of uh of John and and his passion and again the sports fan that he is. I John, we we've got to get to the topic uh, at hand here today, but we would love to have you back on. My word, we should have a regular occurrence with you on the podcast. You're you're good at this and you're uh, again a passionate sports fan, which we love. Anytime, any place, you tell me I'll be there. Well, I love it. You ready to get started and jump in? Let's talk some Bills. All right, let's do it. opinions and predictions on this podcast are right 98.3 percent of the time all right john you're a guest of the podcast and just uh so we can make you feel at home we'd like to give you a walk-on song to kind of get you in the right frame of mind so uh any songs come to mind that you'd like to have us play
1: yeah you know honestly i would say because this is what buffalo needs to do to take care of business on sunday with the chiefs let's go with the montel jordan classic this is how we do it this all right john how you feeling you pumped you ready to go i i'm i I wish i could be at this game in kansas city but i'm i'm stoked for it
0: okay so john uh i have compiled a list let me pull that up here and this would be seven from the sidelines is what i'm calling it so i've got seven really quick questions i want to just fire off at you as a is our again our our bills representative and um so the the first question i want to ask you number seven john is as a lifelong Buffalo Bills fan, what is your favorite moment ever from the team?
1: Well, uh there there have not been a lot of great moments, uh it, at least in my fandom. I mean, the Bills lost four straight Super Bowls when I was a kid, and you know, it was fun getting to the big game, but they never got over the hump. And so you kind of got accustomed to, you know, being a laughing stock after there with a the big playoff drought. I would say for me. Before this year and before this regime came in, my personal favorite moment was being at the stadium when the Bills knocked off uh, Joe Flacco the year after the Ravens won the Super Bowl. They picked him off three or four times. Uh, They beat him at home behind E.J. Manuel and the crowd. It was a late September day, 85 degrees and sunny crowds going nuts. You know, awesome atmosphere between that and seeing a guy named Bakari Rambo intercept Aaron Rodgers three times in a home game uh, in 2016, those are two of my favorite in-person moments for being a Bills fan. And as far as my all-time favorite moments as being a fan, this whole season has been an all-time favorite moment. Just watching Josh Allen mature and develop, watching this team go gangbusters and make it to the AFC Championship game, it's been such a joy. That is really cool. And um, I want to share this with you.
0: I I grew up, uh, I think I'm probably a year or two older than you, but you might remember this date in this game. I grew up watching and actually rooting for the Buffalo Bills. I live in Salt Lake City. We don't have a team, so um, you know I, I have the ability to, to to follow a team or get get behind somebody that I'm that I'm watching on TV. January third, nineteen ninety three, Houston Oilers
1: come into frigid Buffalo. Do you remember the game? You remember the story? I was up in my gra- my attic in my parents' house. The game was blacked out in Rochester because they didn't consider that to be a primary market. But we were able to get the Syracuse TV with the rabbit ears antenna for uh, the best <laughs> thing Frank Reich ever. I tell you, man, we this is old school. It was probably like a 13 or a 14-inch TV up in our attic, and we're all huddled around watching the Buffalo Bills. And uh, true story, my buddy who came with me to the wildcard game against the Colts when the Bills won, him and his dad had gone to that game uh, versus the Oilers in 93. And unlike 60,000 fans who actually did leave the stadium, they never left because, as his, his, my friend says, his dad was too cheap. Once they paid for tickets, they weren't going anywhere until <laughs> the game was over with.
0: <laughs> uh, I love it. So, for those that aren't familiar, Houston builds a huge lead. What was it? 31 to 35 th- to 3. 35 to 3. Jim Kelly's hurt, right? So he's not even in the game. You're thinking, oh, goodness gracious, this thing is over. And the Bills mount one of the greatest comebacks in NFL history. If you're not familiar with it, do yourself a favor. Go to YouTube. Look it up. Fascinating game. Andre Reed, Don Beebe, Frank Reich, the quarterback. Thurman Thomas, I think, was the the running back. Marv Levy, the great coach. Um, Fantastic, fantastic memory. So, uh, very cool. Thank you for sharing yours with us. Uh, again, you're you're there in person, so yours Trump mine, which are really cool. Number six, you mentioned earlier that you were in attendance at the Colts-Bills playoff game uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, paint us a picture, if you
1: don't mind. Give us kind of a play-by-play of the atmosphere, what it was like to be in that stadium. It was the most surreal feeling of any uh, play any game I've ever gone to. I actually wrote a first-person narrative for Buffalo Rumblings describing everything from the process of purchasing tickets, we had to get COVID tested uh, earlier in the week, all fans had to come back with a negative COVID test, and then they didn't allow tailgating, Uh, we basically sat in my buddy's car, had a couple beers, had a sub, and then... I'm telling you, I have never heard 6700 people make more noise. People were we and and listen, I I do podcasts for for a living here with Syracuse. I lost my voice on that Saturday afternoon game and it didn't come back until Wednesday afternoon because we were just going all out every single play yelling, screaming, banging on the stands in front of us and It was just again it was such a crazy atmosphere um, to see 6,700 people sound like 67,000 it was just it was insane and there was so much joy you know the Bills hadn't won a playoff game in 25 years they hadn't had a home playoff game in 25 years they hadn't won the division since 1995 before doing that this year there was just so much pent up frustration that that fan base got to release and again it was even though it was nerve racking and you're biting your nails as philip rivers engineers two fourth quarter touchdown drives when they held on to win man that was just pure euphoria oh i love it i love it and again i'm here watching um you know from my living room and and you could
0: hear the crowd and the announcers kept commenting like to kind of to your point yeah there's a limited
1: capacity here but you would never know it because it was so intense well, look at the Ravens game in the AFC Divisional round. The crowd caused four false start penalties. They forced Lamar Jackson to go a silent count. 6,700 fans did that. I mean, that's just a testament. I love it. So number five uh, of our seven from the sideline
0: here with John Boccasino, uh Bills representative and lifelong Bills fan. Um, John,
1: who would you rather beat, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? You know, that's a really good question because I – Ah, Bill Belichick is 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 somebody who cheats. Um, you know, let's just put that out there right now. I mean, I and we're not gonna have to go to the video board to see. He he definitely does some nefarious things when it comes to his coaching on the sidelines. Tom Brady, I just despise. Because he's so damn good. He shouldn't be this good at age 43. He has everything you could possibly want. And he still wants to come back and get another championship. So to me, as much fun, if the Bills can get past the Chiefs, I will. the Bills will play any opponent who's in front of them. But it would almost seem like it would be karmic and the world would be complete if the Bills beat Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl in this pandemic-ravaged year. So... I I, I guess I say I hate them both equally, but I want to the Belichick's team isn't playing in the postseason and Brady's is. So there you go.
0: (laughs) So number four, John, um, how are you feeling about this weekend's big matchup versus the Chiefs?
1: Well, first of all, I'm going to put this out there, Jeff. Patrick Mahomes is going to play. Uh, There's, you know, this whole – he didn't really have a concussion. It seemed like he was kind of choked out um, and had some issues with that versus being concussed. He's going to get cleared through the protocol most likely. And honestly, to quote Ric Flair – To be the best, you got to beat the best. And I want the Bills to go up full-fledged, full-strength against this Chiefs team. I'm a little nervous because Kansas City has a great offense. But I'm telling you, I'm not being a delusional homer. The Bills offense is just as potent. I think the Bills have a better wide receiver core with Stephon Diggs, with Cole Beasley, with the rookie Gabe Davis, with John Brown. I would put that for Tyreek Hill is phenomenal. But I think our second, third, and fourth receivers are better than Nicole, uh Robinson or McColl Hardman. Uh, see, I can't even tell you the names of the other receivers besides Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill because they're, they're Demarcus Robinson, McColl Hardiman. You know, Travis Kelsey is a beast, but the Bills yeah. match up very well with this game, and I think that – I don't know. I, I want it. I, I think it's going to be a close one-score game either way. But I, I'm I'm nervous because shoot, you get to the AFC Championship game, anything can happen. Absolutely.
0: And the thing that I like about Josh Allen is he's he's kind of a cowboy out there, right? Like he he, he Listen, doesn't get phased phased by much. He might do some things that make you super nervous, but I, I think in a lot of
1: ways that actually plays to your advantage. Josh Allen went from being a 52% completion passer to nearly 70%, and he's seeing the field so well. He, credit needs to go to Ken Dorsey and Jordan Palmer, who have worked with him so extensively on his footwork, on not panicking and rushing out of the pocket when nothing is available. He's seeing the field so well. But let's be real, Jeff. Getting Stefan Diggs to catch 1,500 yards worth of passes uh, on 118 receptions or whatever it is surely helps the offense. But I tell you, if it weren't for Aaron Rodgers, you're looking at the MVP on Sunday being Josh Allen of the whole National Football League, and that is a remarkable testament to his growth.
0: you totally agree with you. And and I love me some digs. I tell you, I won two of my three fantasy football leagues. And why? It wasn't because of my great managing. It's because I had Stefan Diggs. Thank you very
1: much. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard not to like him. He's all these rumors of him being a me first prima Donna diva completely overblown. He is a perfect teammate. And you look, you look at how Josh and Stefan, their chemistry, it's just, it's impeccable and it's electric and it leads everything on that offense. It's just, it's a, the bills have the, one of the best offenses in the whole national football league. And I never would have thought that a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah. Well, we love to see it. Very, very, very cool. Um, Number three, are you a proud member of Bill's Mafia?
1: I am. I am not the type who has ever gone through a table, um, but I have seen people do it. I don't get the allure of it. Um, I, and I'll, I'll tell you this, Bills Mafia, what it means to me is a a passion uh, for your fan base. These fans have been there again through you know Dick Duron's teams and Chan Gailey and Mike Malarkey and Greg Williams, where they're winning three, four, five games. And you would win the tailgate more than having a chance to win the game in the stadium. But they come back week in and week out. But the Bills are like family uh, to fans up here. And and, and there's nothing wrong with having a a crazy uncle or a crazy cousin who jumps through a table when it's lit in in flames. That'll never be me. But we've seen some craziness out of Bills Mafia. But I want to say this, Jeff, too, though, real quick. Bills Mafia as crazy of a reputation as they get for doing off the wall antics they can also turn around and donate $400,000 to Lamar Jackson's charity after yes. they knocked him out of the divisional round they've donated half a million dollars to Josh Norman's charity in Buffalo There's something they donated to, to Andy Dalton's charity when he had that fourth down touchdown pass to Tyler Boyd that got the Bills into the playoffs in 2017 this is a fan base that likes to party they love their football team but they also give back when called upon. So that's a win-win.
0: Absolutely. It is one of the greatest fan bases in all of sports. I'm right there with you. Very cool. Um, Sadly, John, we've run out of time, but two final questions here. What's the best thing about being a Buffalo Bills fan?
1: The best thing about it is just the family atmosphere and getting to go share these experiences with fellow Bills fans who, again, I'm telling you, the Bills are like a college team in the sense of when they win, the whole region is doing better. There's a better outlook. People just seem happier. And I, I put us up there with Green Bay as far as being best atmospheres to be at for a football game, both the game itself and the tailgate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I got to You mentioned Green Bay. I got to say this. my My dad's a huge sports fan, listener of the podcast, and he is a cold weather fan in terms of. He thinks that the teams that should be represented are come from the cold weather markets, and you got Green Bay and you got Buffalo.
1: You don't get much colder than those two, right? No, you don't, and, and that's why... We we should get two great games on Sunday for the AFC-NFC championships. I'm predicting the Packers to beat the Bucs in the NFC, say 27-20. to 20, And I'm going to go to the Buffalo Bills to advance to their first Super Bowl since 1993, edging Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs 28-24, to 24, two dynamic matchups.
0: Oh, oh, I hope you're right. I would love that. I would love that. So that leads me to my final question, John, before we shut it down. Now, as I've mentioned, it's well-documented on this podcast that we think that Buffalo is America's team. It's such a fun group of athletes, a great fan base, as we've just talked about, and it really is an impossible team to hate. So my final question is this, is there room on the Bills bandwagon for me and our listeners?
1: Heck, yeah, we always welcome people on the Bills Mafia. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, and those wagons come back time and time again for more fans to jump on. So come support Bills Mafia. We'd love to have your support on our team's bandwagon.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. So you're going 28-24 Buffalo on Sunday.
1: Yep. Even if Patrick if if Mahomes doesn't play, and here's the thing too, by by the way, um, not to play doctor, but there's something wrong with Mahomes' foot. There's something you can see on some of these highlights on social media where he's kind of favoring his left foot that gets masked in these concussion talks. So even if he does play, which I think he will on Sunday, I don't think he's a fully 100% Patrick Mahomes. The Bills' defense is much better than that Week Seven, that Week Six showdown when the Chiefs ran for 260 yards or so on Buffalo. I think Buffalo has the upper and I hope the bills can pull it through again. 28, 24.
0: Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, he's John Boccasino. He's a bills fan. Go find him
1: on. What was the podcast again? It's bill leave, uh, with Buffalo rumblings. You can also find me on Twitter at John Boccasino. That's B O C C A C I N O. Awesome. John, thanks again for the time and go bills, go bills.